Welcome back, everyone. I'm so excited to be diving a little bit deeper with our summer sermon series with a focus on the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, which I titled Deeper Still, presented in Cape Cod a few weeks ago. Let's begin in Matthew 5, 1 through 5. And seeing the multitudes, he went into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I recently moved officially into a promotion that had been in transition for a bit of time. My predecessor became upset one day as we were moving closer to the switch, and she said she was so close, only 60 files away from 1,000. She was hoping to reach 1,000 files before she turned the position over to me. As you can imagine, I wondered why anyone would need 1,000 files. And how would I find anything I needed? I would need to open one file to open another within that and another within that and keep going until something made sense. There was so much information to work through. We deal with this every day. So much information around us. It is difficult to weed through all of it, to figure out what is true and what is important. Luckily, we have a Savior who clearly gives us what we need and gives us instant access to the truth. This is what he is about to do. So let's dig a little deeper into this portion of scripture to see what's going on here. First, let's think about where Jesus had been before this. In Matthew chapter 4, he had his experience in the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan. He had experienced the fullness of humanity even as he was sinless and perfect. Later in chapter 4, he calls his first disciples, the disciples who left everything behind, their very life, and chose to follow Jesus. So then Jesus begins working miracles, teaching, and there are people who have not given up their life like the disciples, but they're drawn to him because they have seen what he can do. People who are sick, in pain, paralyzed. People are curious, intrigued. That curiosity, when people see something different, something real, can draw people from anywhere. We see that multitudes followed him up the mountain. We know that he was teaching his disciples, but he had not forgotten the multitudes. In Matthew seven twenty eight, it says, And when Jesus has finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. Jesus was teaching to everyone. His disciples, who were already full in, they didn't sign up for a club membership or develop a backup plan in case this didn't work out. They were committed 100%. He was also teaching to the fence sitters, those who were curious and maybe surprised, wanting to know more, but not entirely at the point of full commitment. We can be fence sitters too. Did you know that? We can go to church every Sunday, spend time in his presence daily, and not be completely in. We see that when we are prideful and stubborn and selfish and flesh-driven, this can be a back-and-forth process, moving from the fence to his feet, and then starting to drift back to the fence where it feels a little more comfortable. 
Jesus is speaking to everyone, no matter where they are in the process. Then it says, he opened his mouth. He has everyone gathered and he opens his mouth. I love the picture of this. If you've ever taught a class of young children or try to get their attention, but the kids were loud and needed to say something, you needed to say something important, we have tricks. We raise our hand or put our finger over our lips as if to say, shh, I have something important to say, something you need to hear. I can picture a pause after Jesus opens his mouth. Nothing is written in the word of God by accident or left out by accident. We can think, of course, he opened his mouth to speak, but I imagine a pause indicating he's waiting for full attention to be given. Hey, slow down. Stop talking. I'm about to say something important, something life-changing. He begins with talking about who is blessed. According to the King's James Version Dictionary, blessed is to make happy, pronounced happy, enjoying spiritual happiness. So who is filled with joy? Who is filled with peace? Blessed are the poor in spirit. This could be poor in the worldly sense also, but Jesus is talking about being spiritually poor, desperate for God. The worldly value is to be independent, self-sufficient, proving that we are enough and that we deserve better and more. But there's a reason that Paul had a thorn in his side and that Jacob had a limp in his step after he wrestled with God. There's a reason why God only provided daily manna in the Old Testament. These cause a dependence on him. A desperation for him because we know that we are not enough without him. The ultimate surrender is giving up yourself as enough. Why is this a blessing? Because he is the blessing, the life force to bring us in communion with God. Poor in spirit means that we recognize our weakness, that we must be close to him to be fulfilled, to be happy. He is the blessing. He is joy and he is love. Blessed are those who mourn, having a broken heart, over our rebellion, over our past selves, having grief or sorrow because we used to be ruled by the world, sadness over those that we hurt, over the way that it paused or interrupted our communion with God, our closeness to our Heavenly Father. Blessed are the meek, in the Old Testament, the word for meek was anaw, A-N-A-W, which meant someone who was afflicted or bearing a heavy burden. Jesus is teaching us in this moment to be patient during offenses, to carry a sense of gentleness even in the midst of chaos, to have a humble attitude, be submissive to his divine will, have an active and deliberate acceptance of undesirable circumstances that are wisely seen by the individual as only a part of a bigger picture. I'm going to repeat that for you. Have an active and deliberate acceptance of 
undesirable circumstances that are wisely seen by the individual as only a part of a bigger picture. Together, this includes surrendering our full self and our circumstances to God. In order to surrender fully, we have no choice but to sit at the feet of Jesus. That's the only way. That's how we get our blessing, because He is our blessing. And then there's grace. Thankfully, He is making His lessons known to even those who are hanging out by the fence. Those on the other side of the fence, peering over, who are sitting mostly on the other side with a toe or two dangling over. Have you ever been to the ocean when it's so hot out and the water's so cold? There's a shock if we dive right in. So sometimes we start with our feet, get them warmed up. Then we let our calves get wet, then our knees. And for some, it's a very slow process. Luckily, the grace of God says, no matter how far over the fence you are, no matter how long you've been lingering there, or even if you're still on the other side, no matter how many times you've left the feet of Jesus and begun your walk back to the fence, you are always welcome back at his feet. He delights in you and wants you there. But he's still teaching you, speaking to you, praying for you, loving you, no matter where you are. To gain the full blessing, we need to empty our hands, realign our hearts with his will, humble ourselves and realize we are not enough. And that's okay. And we must recognize our desperation for Jesus. So get excited. When you find your thorn, your limp, when you find yourself needing to depend on him to handle attacks or persecution with gentleness and patience, when you have a broken heart for the things that breaks his heart, get excited because this is what brings us to the feet of Christ, where we find our blessing because he is our blessing. Continue going deeper still. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for truth, for loving us enough to make the truth known so that we would not continue to live in darkness. Thank you for your grace as we struggle to leave the fence and come to rest at your feet. Thank you for your message that is given to each of us, no matter where we are today. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. I will see you next week for another episode of the Summer sermon series. God bless.